Hi friends, thanks for listening to God Has a Plan for Your Life. This is Kathy, and I'll be your host for today. Today I want to share with you some examples of people that obtain God's mercy in the Bible. I want you to get out your Bibles, and I want you to go to a couple of scriptures, a couple of chapters in the Bible that we can look at. First of all, we got to define what mercy is. Mercy is compassion, or mercy can show towards someone that's undeserving. Let me give you an example. There are several examples in the Bible, and I'm going to share with you those this early morning about mercy. So I want you to get your Bibles and go to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1-7. through 7. Now, this story tells us about a widow that lost her husband, and she was faced with the overwhelming debts that she couldn't pay or meet up with. And, of course, the debt collectors are already on their way to take her sons and to try to make them slaves to serve back, to serve as a payback for the money that her husband, who had passed, was owing them. So you got to imagine how she must have felt. She must have felt devastated. She must have felt alone. She must have felt frustrated and just overwhelmed because not only did she lose her husband, but now she has all this worriness upon her to try to pay the debt back. But God showed his mercy on her and he brought the prophet Elijah her way. And thank God that she was able to recognize Elijah as a God sent to help her. So she went to Elijah and she sought for help. And Elisha asked her if there was anything that she had in her house. And she replied, nothing except for a flask of oil. So Elisha the prophet told her to borrow the empty jars that she can find from friends or neighbors. Then that she should go inside the house and shut the door behind her and pour the olive oil from the flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it's filled. So she did what she was instructed to do by the prophet of God. The man of God told her to sell the jars of oil. As soon as she's done pouring them from the flask to the jars so that she could pay her creditors. And she, she did exactly that. And this is a beautiful illustration, a beautiful example of God's mercy. Because you got to think about it. At that time, she didn't have any help. Nobody was ready to help her in her condition. Nobody could be able to help her to pay her debts. But we thank God for his mercies every day. Because he sees our needs and he sees our desires. And at that time, he saw her need. He saw her desire and he sent the prophet Elijah to help her. Isn't that a beautiful illustration of God's mercy? Second example I want to give you is Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 through 25. I'm sure some of you may have heard the story about Daniel in the den of lions. Daniel's story happened as a result of hatred for one another. You can try to classify it as rivals or haters or they were manipulated by words. The king Darius to issue a command that no one must pray to God or any God but to Darius for 30 days. And this was a majorly stopped Daniel from praying to God because they knew Daniel was a man of prayer because Daniel had more qualities, also more knowledge that the king's administrators or anyone who disobeyed the commands must be thrown into the lion's den. And even though the king wasn't happy about the decree because of Daniel, Daniel went ahead and kept on praying to God. And his haters saw him while he was praying. So guess what? They reported it to the king. And the king still wasn't happy because Daniel was caught doing what? Disobeying the king's command, disobeying the king's decree. So so Daniel was thrown into the lion's den because of this. And the king couldn't eat and he couldn't sleep till the next day. He rushed to where Daniel was and he shouted his name out to see if Daniel was still alive. And Daniel replied to the king and told him, the Lord has shut the mouth of the lions and they couldn't harm him. 
So the king was very happy and asked that Daniel's haters be thrown into the lion's den. And the lions tore Daniel's haters into pieces. Now the beautiful illustration of Daniel's story and the great significance and demonstration is God's mercy. Because you got to understand, the people hated Daniel, first of all, for having great qualities. And they couldn't find any blame to put on him. So they even lowered against the king's will and God still showed up in Daniel's case and gave him mercy with the lion's den and spared Daniel. And that's another beautiful illustration of God's mercy. Now, one of my favorites is the story of Esther. If you go to the book of Esther, chapter 1, verse 1 through 2 through 18, God's mercy located Esther when the king Azarius was looking for a wife. At that time, the king divorced the first wife named Vashti because she was not ready to obey the king. Now, you got to remember the story about Esther. Esther was an orphan, and she was raised by her cousin Mordecai. And God's mercy and favor was upon Esther. So you got to understand that. The king that banished the queen because she didn't obey his command. So then he began to search for a new wife. And upon this search, you got to remember there was so many women out there trying to win the heart of the king. But the king ended up falling for Esther. And God used Mordecai, Esther's cousin, to tell Esther to warn the king that there was a plot to kill the king. Because of this, Esther gained more love and respect from the king. So one day, Haman was passing in the street and Mordecai refused to bow down to him. Now you gotta remember, Haman was evil. He did evil acts. And Haman had hatred towards Mordecai. And he planned and plotted a plan to execute all the Jews in Persia. And the empire. Haman told the king about wiping the Jews out and the king agreed to the decree. But the king didn't know that the woman he chose, Esther, who was his wife, was also Jewish. So when Esther heard of this decree, she went into three days of fasting and prayers. And she told the people, the Jews, and her cousin Mordecai to pray and fast along with her. Because back in that day, you couldn't summon, you couldn't go to the king unsummoned. In other words, even though Esther was the wife of the king, she could not go see her own husband because of the law and if she were to go see him without being summoned without the king asking to see her it could cause her her own life she could die but god showed mercy upon her and that day when she approached the king she truly thought that she was going to lose her life but god showed mercy upon her and her life was spared and so were the people So you got to remember that God's mercy is wonderful. He sends help to us when we don't deserve it, when we don't ask for it, when we feel like we're unworthy, like we're not qualified. And that's why God says that we need to know the Lord your God. He is God. He is faithful. He keeps his, his covenant and his mercy for a thousand generations. And those who love him and keep his commandments, when mercy speaks, all protocols will be broken. So when God speaks, basically God's telling us that if we follow his word, we follow his ways, we worship him and only him, not idols, not other forsaking gods, 
Remember, he's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He sees all from the end to the beginning. And he wants to show you mercy upon you. What about when Jesus healed the ten lepers? I want you to go to Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. Now, I want you to get a visualization of this. Jesus is walking and he's on his way to Jerusalem. And he meets ten lepers on the way. These ten lepers literally cry out for mercy. And they knew Jesus had the healing power to heal them all. But they were so tired of their condition. Leprosy is a chronic disease. And back in those days, nobody would associate with the lepers because the disease, the skin on the disease was so disinfecting. It was sores. It was bleeding. It just looked gross and people didn't want to be near them. So they, basically they were like an outcast to the town. And when they saw Jesus passing by, they quickly ran towards him. And they cried out for mercy upon a distance. And Jesus had mercy upon them. And he told them to go show themselves to the priest. And on their way going, one after another, they all got on their, they all got their healing. And imagine out of the ten... There was only one that went back to Jesus to give God thanks. Can you imagine that? Imagine yourself being with, stricken with a disease of leprosy and the doctors aren't able to heal you. The hospitals aren't able to heal you. The medications or the antibiotics can't heal you. And then all of a sudden you see Jesus walking in your path right in front of you. And you hear the stories about his power. You hear the stories about his healing. You hear the story about, about the difference and the lives changed. And you run up to him and you beg for mercy. And you ask God to heal you. And he heals you. Are you going to give him thanks? All those ten lepers knew the condition that they were in. Their body, the sores all over their face, all over their neck, all over their chest, all over their arms. And Jesus healed them instantly. And out of all those ten, there was only one that had gratitude. One that wanted to give thanks to the Lord our God. The creator of heaven and earth. The Alpha and Omega. The Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And God wants to show you his mercy today. Some of you are out there and you've lost hope. You don't know what to do. You may have lost a loved one to COVID. You may have gotten a divorce and your spouse may have left you for someone else. Some of you women out there may have lost hope about getting married. You're, you're a little bit older and you think to yourself, when, when am I going to get married or when am I going to have a child? Some of you men out there may feel depressed and you're wondering why you lost that job or why things just aren't going the, the way that you expected them to. But you got to keep in mind that God shows us mercy every day. It's in the tiniest little details of our lives. And just as those examples that I gave you where God showed his mercy, God wants to show you mercy. So often, so many people think that you have to be perfect to come to God. But God wants you to just to come as you are. Remember, the Bible says that all have fallen short of the glory of God. There's no one on earth that's perfect. Only God is. God wants us to come as we are. And He'll mold us and shape us into what we're supposed to be. Remember, He's a potter and we're the clay. And He's molding us and shaping us to the women and men of God that he's created, created us and destined for us to become. Today, God wants to show you mercy. So if you're going through a hard time, I want you to just close your eyes and cast all your burdens at Jesus' feet and just say, Lord, 
have mercy upon me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I repent of my sins. And I ask you to be Lord of my life. I turn my back on sin. I turn my back on the devil. I turn my back on the demon forces. And I ask you to come into my heart. Your word says, Lord, in John 3, 16, Forever believes in you shall not perish but have everlasting life. I believe that you died on the cross and three days later you rose again. And you've written my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And the Lamb's Book of Life is a big book in heaven and it has everyone's name that ever accepted Jesus Christ into their heart. And your word promises, Lord, that when we accept you in your heart, that you will give us mercy and you will show us favor, Lord. And that we'll be able to enter in the gates of heaven one day. Your word says, Lord God, then, those that have accepted you will hear your words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the kingdom of heaven. And your word also declares, Lord God, in the Bible that those who haven't accepted you as Lord and Savior, those who reject you and those who mock you, they're going to hear the words, depart from me, you wicked sinner, I never knew you. And they will spend eternity not in heaven but in hell separated from you forever in total darkness and living with the demon and the devil and torment all the days of their lives. Lord God, we thank you, Father God, for all those people that accepted Jesus Christ today. And we stand true and firm to your word and to your promise that says that all your promises are yes and amen. You promise us eternal salvation. You promise us eternal life to spend eternity with you. And we thank you, Lord God, for everyone that accepted you today. And your word says that even when one soul, when one sinner repents, that all the angels up in heaven are rejoicing. And we thank you, God, for that today. So if you said that prayer, if you said that salvation report prayer, I want you to rejoice. You made the best decision of your life. God's written your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. No one can erase it. It'll be there forever. And one day when you die and take your last breath on earth, your next breath will be seeing God face to face. And he will look you in the eye and he will say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the kingdom of heaven. And you'll be able to walk the streets of gold and live in mansions. Jesus' words promises that. Isn't that beautiful? If you have family members that never accepted Jesus Christ into their heart, send them this link. Let them know about God has planned for their life. Life is but a vapor. We're here one day and gone the next. The Bible says that tomorrow's not promised. You don't know when your last day is going to be. So live each day to the fullest and make each day count. Because it's not going to matter if you're rich or poor. It's not going to matter if you were famous or not. It's not going to matter if you had a degree or not. What's going to matter most when you take your last breath on earth is it, did you accept Jesus Christ into your heart? Did you accept him as your personal savior? Did you follow him? Did you read God's word? Did you go to church? Did you follow his commands? God loves you so much and he doesn't want anyone to perish. A lot of people ask, Kathy, why does God send people to hell? God doesn't send you to hell. You choose on your own. Well, Kathy, I don't understand. How can I choose to go to hell when you don't follow God's word, when you're not in church, when you don't read the Bible, when you're doing wrong from right? Remember, my friends, no one's perfect on the earth. The people in the Bible weren't perfect. And they followed God. And they walked with God. And they sat with God. They ate with God. They talked to God. They weren't perfect, but God still used them. God wants to use you today. And God wants to show you His grace and His mercy. Mercy endures forever and ever. 
Heavenly Father, we just thank you for those that are listening to God Has a Plan for Your Life. And we ask you to touch them from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. We ask you to begin to speak to them through dreams and visions, Lord God. Send divine appointments their way. Send the right people in their path, Father God, to encourage them, Lord God, to walk with you. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a blessed night. Have a blessed morning. Continue to listen to God has a plan for your life. Share the link with your friends and family. Be blessed, everybody. We'll be praying for you. Bye-bye. friends. Thanks for listening to God Has a Plan for Your Life. My name is Kathy and I'll be your host for today. Hopefully everybody's having a good Wednesday. I just wanted to share with you um, some scriptures. Um, God's been putting it on my heart that the weapons that we fight are not the weapons of the world. So I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4. And I want you to read that scripture. It says, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The Bible says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against darkness and principalities. You may be asking, Kathy, I don't understand what exactly does that mean. That means the enemy, Satan, the devil, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy But God comes to give us life and more abundantly. So basically, when you're going under attack, and by attack, I mean a spiritual attack, you got to remember we're here in the world, but we're not of the world. When you become a Christian, you're not of the world. So when, when you feel like you're getting attacked by your finances or attacked in your marriage or attacked at your job or attacked uh, by relationships, it's not a physical, literal attack. It's a spiritual attack. You got to remember, there's God, our Father, and then there's the devil. God is control and has dominion over the heaven and earth. And the devil wants to be like God. He wants to imitate God. So what are they doing? They're fighting. What are they fighting for? Your soul. So we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against darkness and principalities. The darkness represents Satan, represents the devil, represents the demonic realm, represents the demons. And Satan is going to do everything in his power to distract you from the calling that God has on your life. So I want to give you some, some examples here of how we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So I want you to go to your Bible. And you might have heard this story. In Daniel, in Daniel chapter 3, God saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So I want you to go to Daniel chapter 3. Get your Bibles out. If you don't have your Bibles, that's fine. Just listen to what I'm about to read. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 through 28, it it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fury furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So basically, you got to picture it. Nebuchadnezzar wanted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to serve his God. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were like, no, we serve only the one true God, which is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, which is Christ. So Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the form of his visage was charged against the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he commanded that they should heat in the furnace 
one seven times more than it was heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them in the burning, burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flames of fire slew those men, and they took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men fell down bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and he rose up in a haste. And said unto the counselors, Did we not, did we not cast the three men into the midst of the fire? And they said, Yes, king, it is true. He answered, But I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fairy furnace, and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth in the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king counselors, being gathered together, saw these men, upon whose body the fire had no power, nor was hair of their heads singed. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants and trusted him, and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. So basically, many of you may not understand that story, but it was three men. Nebuchadnezzar was a king. He was asking those three men to bow down and worship a false god. Worship who? His god. And Meshach... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego basically tell the king, no, we're not going to serve you, God. We serve a mighty God, and that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we're not going to bow down to who you tell us to serve. So King Nebuchadnezzar got upset, and he placed those three men into the furnace, and he turned up the heat. Now, you got to get a visualization there. These three guys are in a furnace. The furnace is hot. There's flames. It's melting whatever's inside. But yet, because of their faith in God, because of their trust and their worship in God and they believed in Jesus Christ, God's divinely intervened and showed mercy upon them and saved them. He spared their lives. And it says here in the Bible that Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He was amazed. He couldn't believe it with his own eyes. Now, I want you to picture it here on earth. I mean, if you literally saw that with your own eyes, that three men were put into a furnace and their bodies didn't melt, they didn't catch on fire, they weren't consumed by the fire, I mean, you would be shocked and amazed too. And that's how the king was. So the king basically said, in other words, I want to serve your God. I want to know who your God is. Now, and that's a perfect example of we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against darkness and principalities. Who's the ruler of the darkness? The devil, Satan. So I want you to get, get, get this, you know, I want you to comprehend what I'm trying to preach here. When we're here on earth, you may have all kinds of attacks, physical attacks, spiritual attacks, emotional attacks. You got to keep in mind that those are coming from the devil, from the enemy. Why? Because he wants to distract you from your focus, your calling on God. But these three men, these three men, despite the fact that the king threw them in the furnace, flames were all around them. They could have lost their lives within seconds, got burnt up, got consumed by the fire. But yet they were still in there. And that's how good and a mighty God we serve. So I want to ask you, wherever you're listening throughout the world, through God has a plan for your life. What attacks are you going through? What physical, spiritual, emotional attacks are you going to? And who are you trusting? Are you going to believe man or are you going to believe what God says? These three men 
could have easily got defeated and said, well, we're going to lose our lives. We're getting thrown into the fire. We're going to thrown into the furnace. So yeah, let's get on our knees and let's worship your false god. But they didn't. They stood against the grain. They went against what the king himself had decreed. And they stayed faithful to the one and Lord, Jesus Christ. The Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And that's how good our God is. He showed up. He showed off. And God be all the glory. So I know I pray for you today. Heavenly Father, we just lift everyone out there that is listening to this episode for them to realize that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against darkness and principalities i pray father god that they'll begin to know how to truly fight when they're in a battle when they're going through afflictions when they're going through trials when they're going through tribulations that they will pick up their sword. They will pick up the word of God. They will pick up their Bibles and they will fight the enemy. They will fight the Satan. They will fight the devil with the word of God. The bread of life. God says that his word is a lamp unto our feet. We have to follow what God says. We have to do what God says. God is the creator of the universe. And I want to pray for you today that he will give you strength during your trials, during your tribulations, and that you will come victorious. In Jesus' name I pray. If you listened to this episode and you feel like it really touched your heart and you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, I want you to repeat after me, Lord, I'm a sinner and I repent of my sins today. I ask you to be Lord of my life. I turn my back on sin. I turn my back on the devil, I turn my back on demon forces, and I make you Lord of my life. Your word says in John 3, 16, For whosoever believes in me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I believe you wrote my name in the Lamb's Book of Life, which is a big book in heaven that has everyone's name that ever repented and accepted Jesus Christ into their hearts. And you promise, Lord, that when I die and take my last breath on earth, that I will be able to hear those beautiful words from you, well done, that good and faithful servant, enter into the kingdom of heaven. But Lord, you also stated for those who have never repented, for those who have never accepted Jesus Christ, that they will hear the words, depart from me, you wicked sinner, I never knew you. And they will spend eternity in darkness and in hell with the devil and demon forces. So we just pray for you today. If you said that prayer of salvation, rejoice because God loves you. He doesn't want anybody to perish. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell. A lot of people ask me, Kathy, why, if God's such a good God and he's a just God, why does he send people to hell? And I always answer them, he doesn't. God doesn't send us to hell. You send yourself to hell when you reject his word, when you reject his teaching, when you reject uh, being repentful or remorseful, or asking for forgiveness. God is a good God, and He loves you. And He sends people in your path to talk to Him about you. Now, I want to keep in mind, God, I'm not talking about any God. I'm talking about the Savior and Creator of the world. There's different religions out there, and we spoke about this in the episode earlier. Catholics, they believe in purgatory. I want to make it clear If you're Catholic and you're going to a Catholic church, I don't want you to be deceived. There's only just heaven and hell. There's no in-between. If you die, whatever you made your decision upon earth is where you're going to spend eternity when you die. You don't get to go to purgatory in-between and then people pray the rosary and then your soul gets to leave from purgatory and go to heaven. That isn't how it works. God makes it very clear. Your decision on earth determines where you're going to be for the rest of your life in eternity. There's a lot of false religions out there. There's a lot of false doctrine. And I want you to pray so that you're fully educated. This isn't to to dismise anyone who's, who's in one of those religions. Remember, when you become a Christian, it, it isn't a religion no more. It's a relationship between 
Jesus Christ and yourself. And that's the difference. It's a one-on-one relationship, an everyday relationship. It's not just once a week, let's go on Saturday to church, let's go on Sunday. No, God wants it all. God wants it all. It's like a woman who's who has custody of their kids. And perhaps if she's divorced, you don't get just 50-50 custody. You get 100% custody. God wants to see you all the time, to hear you all the time. Now remember, God doesn't need anything from you because he owns everything. He owns everything that's on earth. He owns everything that's in heaven. But he wants to make sure that you trust in him and you're following him because that's how much he loves you. And he wants you to go to heaven and he wants you to repent and he wants you to know that who he is is what he says. So God bless you so much. Thank you all for listening to God Has a Plan for Your Life. Once again, my name is Kathy. I just want to share with you too. I'm going to start um, doing episodes uh, regularly. If not every day, it's going to be every other day. Hopefully, the Lord will put it on your heart if you feel like becoming a subscriber. If not, just pray for us. Pray for us because we want to reach the world. Time is short. We know that we're living in the last days and we want to make sure that when you take your last breath on earth that God is going to call you home to heaven to spend eternity with him. God bless you so much. Love you guys. I'll be praying for y'all. Have a blessed day. Bye. Thanks for listening to God Has a Plan for Your Life. My name is Kathy, and I'll be your host for today. Hopefully, everybody's having a good Wednesday. I just wanted to share with you um, some scriptures. Um, God's been putting it on my heart that the weapons that we fight are not the weapons of the world. So I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. And I want you to read that scripture. It says, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The Bible says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against darkness and principalities. You may be asking, Kathy, I don't understand what exactly does that mean? That means the enemy, Satan, the devil, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy But God comes to give us life and more abundantly. So basically, when you're going under attack, and by attack, I mean a spiritual attack, you got to remember we're here in the world, but we're not of the world. When you become a Christian, you're not of the world. So when... When you feel like you're getting attacked by your finances or attacked in your marriage or attacked at your job or attacked um, by relationships, it's not a physical, literal attack. It's a spiritual attack. You got to remember there's God, our father, and then there's the devil. God is control and has dominion over heaven and earth. And the devil wants to be like God. He wants to imitate God. So what are they doing? They're fighting. What are they fighting for? Your soul. So we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against darkness and principalities. The darkness represents Satan, represents the devil, represents the demonic realm, represents the demons. And... Satan is going to do everything in his power to distract you from the calling that God has on your life. So I want to give you some some examples here of how we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So I want you to go to your Bible. And you might have heard this story. In Daniel, in Daniel chapter 3, God saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So I want you to go to Daniel chapter 3. 
Get your Bibles out. If you don't have your Bibles, that's fine. Just listen to what I'm about to read. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 through 28, it, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fury furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So basically, you got to picture it. Nebuchadnezzar wanted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to serve his God. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were like, no, we serve only the one true God, which is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, which is Christ. So Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the form of his visage was charged against the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he commanded that they should heat in the furnace one seven times more than it was heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them in the burning, burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flames of fire slew those men, and they took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men fell down bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and he rose up in a haste. And said unto the counselors, Did we not, did we not cast the three men into the midst of the fire? And they said, Yes, King, it is true. He answered, But I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth in the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king counselors, being gathered together, saw these men, upon whose body the fire had no power, nor was hair of their heads singed. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants and trusted him, and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. So basically, many of you may not understand that story, but it was three men. Nebuchadnezzar was a king. He was asking those three men to bow down and worship a false god. Worship who? His god. And Meshach... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego basically tell the king, No, we're not going to serve you, God. We serve a mighty God, and that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we're not going to bow down to who you tell us to serve. So King Nebuchadnezzar got upset, and he placed those three men into the furnace, and he turned up the heat. Now, you got to get a visualization there. These three guys are in a furnace. The furnace is hot. There's flames. It's melting whatever's inside. But yet, because of their faith in God, because of their trust and their worship in God and they believed in Jesus Christ, God's divinely intervened and showed mercy upon them and saved them. He spared their lives. And it says here in the Bible that Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He was amazed. He couldn't believe it with his own eyes. Now, I want you to picture it here on earth. I mean, if you literally saw that with your own eyes, that three men were put into a furnace and their bodies didn't melt, they didn't catch on fire, they weren't consumed by the fire, I mean, you would be shocked and amazed too. And that's how the king was. So the king basically said, in other words, I want to serve your God. I want to know who your God is. Now, and that's a perfect example of we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against darkness and principalities. Who's the ruler of the darkness? The devil, Satan. 
So I want you to get 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 this, you know. I want you to comprehend what I'm trying to preach here. When we're here on earth, you may have all kinds of attacks, physical attacks, spiritual attacks, emotional attacks. You got to keep in mind that those are coming from the devil, from the enemy. Why? Because he wants to distract you from your focus, your calling on God. But these three men, these three men, despite the fact that the king threw them in the furnace, flames were all around them. They could have lost their lives within seconds, got burnt up, got consumed by the fire, but yet they were still in there. And that's how good and a mighty God we serve. So I want to ask you, wherever you're listening throughout the world, through God has a plan for your life. What attacks are you going through? What physical, spiritual, emotional attacks are you going to? And who are you trusting? Are you going to believe man or are you going to believe what God says? These three men could have easily got defeated and said, well, we're going to lose our lives. We're getting thrown into the fire. We're going to be thrown into the furnace. So yeah, let's get on our knees and let's worship your false God. But they did it. They stood against the grain. They went against what the king himself had decreed and they stayed faithful to the one and Lord Jesus Christ, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And that's how good our God is. He showed up, he showed off, and God be all the glory. So I want to pray for you today. Heavenly Father, we just lift everyone out there that is listening to this episode. For them to realize that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against darkness and principalities. I pray, Father God, that they'll begin to know how to truly fight when they're in a battle, when they're going through afflictions, when they're going through trials, when they're going through tribulations, that they will pick up their sword. They will pick up the word of God. They will pick up their Bibles and they will fight the enemy. They will fight the Satan. They will fight the devil with the word of God the bread of life. God says that his word is a lamp unto our feet. We have to follow what God says. We have to do what God says. God is the creator of the universe. And I want to pray for you today that he will give you strength during your trials, during your tribulations, and that you will come victorious. In Jesus' name I pray. If you listen to this episode and you feel like it really touched your heart, and you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, I want you to repeat after me, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I repent of my sins today. I ask you to be Lord of my life. I turn my back on sin. I turn my back on the devil. I turn my back on demon forces, and I make you Lord of my life. Your word says in John 3:16, for whosoever believes in me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I believe you wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life, which is a big book in heaven, that has everyone's name that ever repented and accepted Jesus Christ into their hearts. And you promise, Lord, that when I die and take my last breath on earth, that I will be able to hear those beautiful words from you, well done, that good and faithful servant, enter into the kingdom of heaven. But Lord, you also stated for those who have never repented, for those who have never accepted Jesus Christ, that they will hear the words, Depart from me, you wicked sinner, I never knew you. And they will spend eternity in darkness and in hell with the devil and demon forces. So we just pray for you today. If you said that prayer of salvation, rejoice because God loves you. He doesn't want anybody to perish. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell. A lot of people ask me, Kathy, why, if God's such a good God and he's a just God, why does he send people to hell? And I always answer them, he doesn't. God doesn't send us to hell. You send yourself to hell when you reject his word, when you reject his teaching, when you reject uh, being repentful or remorseful or asking for forgiveness. God is a good God and he loves you. And he sends people in your path to talk to him about you. Now, I want to keep in mind, God, I'm not talking about any God. I'm talking about the Savior and Creator of the world. 
there's different religions out there, and we spoke about this in the episode earlier. Catholics, they believe in purgatory. I want to make it clear. If you're a Catholic and you're going to a Catholic church, I don't want you to be deceived. There's only just heaven and hell. There's no in-between. If you die, whatever you made your decision upon earth is where you're going to spend eternity when you die. You don't get to go to purgatory in between and then people pray the rosary and then your soul gets to leave from purgatory and go to heaven. That isn't how it works. God makes it very clear. Your decision on earth determines where you're going to be for the rest of your life in eternity. There's a lot of false religions out there. There's a lot of false doctrine. And I want you to pray so that you're fully educated. This isn't to to dismise anyone who's who's in one of those religions. Remember, when you become a Christian, it, it isn't a religion no more. It's a relationship between Jesus Christ and yourself. And that's the difference. It's a one-on-one relationship, an everyday relationship. It's not just once a week, let's go on Saturday to church, let's go on Sunday. No, God wants it all. God wants it all. It's like a woman who's who has custody of their kids and perhaps if she's divorced you don't get just 50 50 custody you get 100 percent custody god wants to see you all the time to hear you all the time now remember god doesn't need anything from you because he owns everything he owns everything that's on earth he owns everything that's in heaven but he wants to make sure that you trust in him and you're following him because that's how much he loves you And he wants you to go to heaven and he wants you to repent and he wants you to know that who he is is what he says. So God bless you so much. Thank you all for listening to God Has a Plan for Your Life. Once again, my name is Kathy. I just want to share with you too. I'm going to start um, doing episodes uh, regularly. If not every day, it's going to be every other day. Hopefully, the Lord will put it on your heart if you feel like becoming a subscriber. If not, just pray for us. Pray for us because we want to reach the world. Time is short. We know that we're living in the last days and we want to make sure that when you take your last breath on earth that God is going to call you home to heaven to spend eternity with him. God bless you so much. Love you guys. I'll be praying for y'all. Have a blessed day. Bye.